Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Power TPO. Power TPO is all about you and your success. They offer aggressive pricing, hands-on service, and a winning attitude. Power TPO has the knowledge and TPO experience you need to get the job done. They realize that no loan is the same and have created a process that is simple and flexible to meet your needs. Lastly, there wouldn't be a Power TPO without you. They really do believe the people, process, and partners equals power. Learn how Power TPO gives you and your borrowers a winning edge. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. All right, welcome everyone back to another edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I'm a broker owner uh, here in Michigan for Priority Mortgage Lending, and I'm also the AIM president of membership. I'm really excited about today. We have someone coming back for a special guest appearance today. So today we have Elena Boland coming back. She's the broker owner of Wholesale Mortgage Services. Welcome back, Elena. Thanks. Great to be back. Yes. No. So she, she's a pro at this. If you, if you've never met her, she's, uh, she's absolutely amazing. She's, she's at most of our events, always willing to help. So we always love it when she can do these type of things, but with this being the second time that she's around, Elena, do, do two things for me. Tell me, just tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. We've had a lot of new people, a lot of new listeners come on. Um, so I, I just kind of want to get a little background on what you've done. And then also I'm going to ask you a question right when that's done. All right. Um, I'm the broker owner of uh, Wholesale Mortgage in Nevada, and I've got um, two offices in our state here, and I started out as the receptionist here. Um, my mom was actually dating my broker, <laughs> and then um, he kind of moved into politics, and I took over, um, and I took the reins in 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. Um, so it's nice because I got to experience everything, you know, from receptionist to broker duties. And I definitely um, lead the ship in the way of production as well. So um, I've got my plate full, but it's a, it's a great life. Perfect. Yeah, no, it is. You know, being a broker, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, weird, it's a weird sickness that, that we all yeah. crave. You know, it's a weird right. drug. But uh, so the last time we talked or last time we, we did one of these podcasts was on right around February, mid-February of 2021. What has been, mm -hmm. now things have changed drastically since then, but what is the biggest difference you see between your business from the last time you did this till now? Well, you know, I had just entered into the stages of having a really large operations team in 2021. And so the production was wonderful in that it taught my team a lot. Um, without taking as much of my time, because of course, you know, you learn by doing, that's just kind of how it goes in this industry. <clears throat> you can read guidelines all day and um, you can look at old files all day and we can walk you through things. You can take webinars, but experience is really the best gold. Um, so I would say that most of my operations staff in 2021 had been in it for only about a year, maybe two. And now at this point, they are so good that um, their favorite phrase to tell me is that if I'm not selling, they're yelling, <laughs> right? So <laughs> right, it really right. Um, empowered me to take on that responsibility of just understanding that, you know, just like you said, you got to be a little weird to be a broker. Um, most of us work really well with our back against the wall and under pressure and to keep those loans coming in. Um, for most of us, I think that especially if you have a smaller shop, 
you're the rainmaker, right? Um, so I take that responsibility super serious and I do my best to let go of everything. And, and they have taught me to do that over the last couple of years. And that's actually made my business grow even when the market has been down. Okay, so let's talk about that here. Let's talk about your growth. How, how have you been able to do this? I mean, I know you got a, you got a great team, but not many people mm -hmm. who are even building their team or doing any of that are even growing. So how, how did you do this? It, it, was, it was really different and it took all of us coming together as a team and talking about some ideas and, and strategy. And, you know, Nevada as a whole is very small business friendly. Um, you know, LA is a, a real close big city near us. If you try to start a small business in LA, it's, it's really difficult. You kind of get your teeth kicked in at every turn. Nevada is very small business friendly. So we have a lot of small businesses moving our direction. So not only are there new small businesses coming in, there's a lot of established small businesses that do well. And having a large database of those type of clients, we decided, well, let's let's look at that. So um, I took some time to dig into commercial lending a little further. And especially oh, wow. knowing a lot of, yeah, a lot of small businesses got PPP money. They got the um, employee retention credit. So I just started dialing for dollars and picking up the phone and contacting all of my self-employed clients and talk to them about two things, um, about purchasing a building and getting them into a commercial loan. And then additionally about a HELOC, just you know them knowing that the economy is kind of slowing down a bit to have a HELOC in backup, not necessarily to draw right away, but to have there in case they need it for their business and just putting that HELOC lean on their primary home uh, for reserve, right? So yeah. that really yeah. paid off. Um, extensively for us. It was super lucrative. Um, we also, you know, in that way, it opened up a lot of um, more relationships for new realtors as well on the commercial side. And then it brought more referrals to us, even on the residential side, just by picking up the phone and reaching out to those clients, because, you know, that's a compliment when we're thinking about them in that way. And it really helped kind of solidify those strong bonds that we have with them. It's been great. Interesting. I, I like that. I mean, you, you, you thought outside the box there a little bit and why not have this HELOC on the back end, mm -hmm. you know, just, just in case it gives people a, a peace of mind. Right. And, you know, as you know, as a broker, and I'm sure a lot of other brokers right now are thinking, well, you don't make any money on HELOCs, right? Um, and that's true. You're not always going to make a lot of money on all loans or sometimes, you know, a couple loans and that's okay. But what you're doing is truly coming from a place of help. And then, you know, later down the road, just like we all know, that comes back to you. So it comes back to you in the way of referrals or, hey, maybe I don't want a HELOC, but my sister's going to purchase a home. My child's going to purchase a home. Um, a lot of the, the clients that we were reaching out to are, you know, have been in their homes for 10 plus years. Maybe it's time to downsize. Um, another, you know, off the wall thing that happened was a really wild winter this last year for us. Um, uh, my main office is in Northern Nevada, real close to Lake Tahoe. And we just got hammered to the point where some homes had their roofs caving in. Um, and it was really difficult for a lot of older homeowners that aren't used to having, you know, the, the big job of the shoveling and clearing the roofs and getting up there, right? I, I'm only 42 and I was like, what, uh, what is this? <laughs> 
<laughs> right? I, how am I going to do this? And and all of the uh, maintenance work around town was just, you know, backlogged, of course, because this was a little abnormal for us. So um, downsizing has been a secondary popular phone call I've been making to just, I just literally went through my entire database with a couple of team members and we went 30 and over and they've been in their home longer than one year. Let's call them and just let them know downsizing is possible. Here's how it would work. You can put a contingent offer in. You won't be homeless for two months while you're shopping. And people were floored that that was the case. You know, they thought, oh, I'm going to have to sell my house and move with my kids and my animals into a hotel. Like they really don't know what that means. Um, so we have to just keep that in mind that a lot of the lingo that feels familiar to us is not familiar to an everyday homeowner. So it's important to just think outside the box with those different kinds of ideas. Interesting. I like that approach. Go after maybe some of that older clientele, mm -hmm. let them know that they can downsize. That's, that's genius. Now, how, how did you, how did you get that out to all of them? I mean, was it just phone calls? Did you do any type of mass marketing with it? We did um, three varieties. We did direct mail old school postcards because um, I've, I've been finding lately that, you know, we, we do email campaigns, but they don't get opened as often as text messages do. So we added in text as well, just with the same message that the email sent out and then went snail mail. And then I did um, have it picked up by a couple of local realtors and that they really wanted to put out video content with me um, to just put out the same message, right? Like we're, we're here to help you downsize. We know it feels scary. Um, we'll, we'll walk you through it as advisors and, and just let you know how it works versus, hey, let's sell your house, right? So right. a lot of them put content out for me in the way of video and just blasted it on social. And we definitely got some deals from that as well. It's been great. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so now with this growth that you have with building out your team, um, since the last time we spoke, has your goals changed? Not really. Um, I always like blame the two Matts, um, Matt Gouget and Matt Ishbia for this. Um, Matt Ishbia got me with the top broker in Nevada award. So now I'm always like, am I number one this week? And I'm refreshing, right? My rankings. So that is a big motivator for me. I don't really track um, dollar volume. I used to just track transaction, right? But then Matt Gouget and I are having a conversation about business a couple of years back and it was, yeah, I'm, I'm going to push to hundred mil for next year. And I was like, that's a good round number. Why not? Right. So that's been kind of a, a driving factor for me as well. And of course, commercial really helps with that because those loan amounts typically tend to be a lot higher than a residential loan. So it's really kind of helped push our volume up in that way. Um, and like I said, diversify our product. So that goal has been consistent for a couple of years, I would say as to where um, before, and especially again, going from like a super small shop to a team, the team really likes to gamify our goals. So we have like a, just an old school whiteboard little thermometer that gets us up to hundred million and we still haven't even hit it, but it's really fun to try every year. Right. Um, right. so we definitely have gotten a lot closer and that's super fun for us to keep pushing towards. They love it. I love it. That's cool. That's cool. Well, what about your culture? Has your culture changed around there with not yeah. only the growth, but like the industry itself has, has changed. Right. Well, if, if you don't pivot, you're going to be extinct. And that, I think that's true in any business variety. Um, so we definitely have made swift decisions in constant change. 
um, in the way that we help our clients just through a residential transaction. Um, you know, we've definitely learned about over communicating um, and, and the email thing, right? We can't force people to communicate via email if they don't ever check their email. So we pivoted to using our CRM to text clients directly. Um, and that of course helps too. Every little change that you can make and in a swift decision that you can make can get you out of the dinosaur mode and keep you relevant. And that's so important, um, you know, for every transaction really, but also for your culture too, because if your team sees that you are willing to quickly change things for the better to make their life better and to help keep our clients happy, they love that. And, you know, most change for all of us, you know, we put the Heisman arm out. You just, I don't, I don't want to try that. Yep, yep. Um, but if we all dive in together, it kind of creates accountability amongst your team to say, no, no, like we said, we said, we're going to stop using Calyx and we're going to use Arrive. We're going to do it together. We're not going to keep falling back into the habit, right? Um, all those little things when you rely on each other are really great to just have that accountability. It's been wonderful. That's great. That's great. We're, okay. I'm just going to ask, I know this is kind of a, a, what we'll say, just a general question, but I mean, you're obviously having a lot of success. You're number one, you got Matt Ishbia, as you said, like, in, in your ear, not not physically, but saying, you know, but wanting to be number one and whatnot. Where do you think all the success comes from? I feel a lot of responsibility, not just for my family, um, but to my team. And I saw, you know, when the market started to change a little bit, people panicked, not just in our market, um, but it, within our team, because all of a sudden, you know, we had months where we had closed 50 transactions and then the month after we had 10 and a lot of our team's bonuses are structured, you know, per closing. And so a lot of people, I'm not kidding you within two weeks, quit and left. And the ones that were left were like, wow. Um, okay. It, it made them feel panicked as well. Like as if maybe they should follow suit or whatever. Um, but it really taught all of us that it's not just, you know, a, a 10 person um, team. It's not a two person team. It's not just me that's selling. We all really have to come together and decide what works for us. And I constantly had been kind of coaching and telling them the weirdest thing I would tell them. I'm so glad that I was working and living and existing as a loan officer through 2010, 2011, 2012, when times were hard because it taught me a lot in how to live my personal life and how to manage my personal finances um, and to do the same within my business. So I just kind of signed them all up for a couple of just small financial coaching classes about, you know, trying to keep your nest small. <clears throat> they really love that. The ones that were left, right? They dove into that and we just kind of started examining other things within the business itself too. And I, I really, I welcome them into the whole business into the books, into everything. And we started doing little things like, um, you know, what bills can we pay annually as a broker shop to get a discount? It might seem small, but if you look at paying your CRM annually, you look at paying lead pops annually, you look at paying your phone prescription annually, right? All of those things, if you get a 20% discount on every service that you're using because you're offering to pay them up front, that really adds up and it makes your bottom line um, feel less congested. Right? Yeah. So it, it's been nice to um, change, but to change to smarter 
um, ways that we work with our money personally and as a business. And I think that's important for a lot of broker owners right now who are feeling the pinch, right? Like they're worried, am I going to make payroll this week? Um, am I going to have to close in six months if my volume stays the way it is? I've seen a lot of um, panic loan officers, you know, one man team saying the same thing. I haven't had any business in three months. I'm feeling the pinch, but they've got, you know, $2,500 a month in personal expenses. It's really important to look at being smart with your money. And I'm not saying that it's fun to go through that, but I'm saying it's a good lesson for anyone. And if you can get through times like this, where you might be feeling a pinch, you're going to come out ahead and you're going to come out smarter. So it's just think about, you know, strategies that can help you in both ways. That's awesome. That's absolutely great. All right. So let's, as we, as we love to do here, we're going to pivot a little bit here. We're going to start, we, we touched base on your marketing a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And I know you said you, you've done emails, you had different things. Um, how do you, how do you work your social media? Do you, do you have social media? Are you pretty big presence? Tell me about yes. it. Yeah. Um, I have an employee who she kind of helps me with two tasks. So she handles the incoming documents on all new uploads, right? If someone uses Dropbox or they upload, they email documents directly to us or whatever. Her job is to label them properly, put them where they go. And her job is also to help with marketing. Um, and it's really cool because she sees that her marketing is working when she starts seeing documents coming in. And she'll see the lead source when the documents come in, right? I, I saw your ad on Google. Um, I saw your video that you had put out, et cetera. So we, we primarily, um, we haven't got super into TikTok. She's pushing for that because she's younger and smarter than me. Um, but she puts us primarily right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. And then I definitely, I told everyone I, I live in both universes. I don't um, just post business content on my business page. I don't just only post personal content on my personal page. I definitely blend the two because that is how most people have figured out that I'm a loan officer. I do not walk into my gym and tell everybody oh, I'm a loan officer. <laughs> Usually over time I make friends and what do they do? They friend you on social media, right? So if I don't yep. talk about what I do on social media, those people have no idea. And that has really taught me that just, um, you don't need to necessarily go into your friends and yell salesy things in their face. Just by putting out occasional um, business content in between your personal things is plenty. And they might not announce that they realize what you're doing, but all of a sudden you'll go, Hey, um, I was thinking about refinancing in the middle of your squat set. And it's, how can I help you? Right. <laughs> so, just, right. Um, it, it's just good to kind of keep the conversation light in social media. I feel like, and then just on the business side of your pages, just keeping yourself relevant in case people want to look you up. Right. Um, because they want to see that you're legitimate and that you haven't not posted something in the last 17 months. So are you still in business? Are you still in lending, right? You wanna keep yourself um, relevant in that way. And, and we definitely do um, little things like we'll post um, contests for teachers specifically, or um, anyone in the medical field specifically. And we just have the community tag anyone that is in the medical field and we just put like one we have right now is um, it's just a cooler 
filled with like some alcohol and some beach towels and some fun things. And you can win this for your favorite medical professional. And we keep it going for the month. And then of course, you know, when they win, I definitely tell them that we have special loans for medical professionals, et cetera. And I really push the EPM down payment assistance program that has no income limit. And um, because you're in that field, you qualify. Are you interested? If not, here's your basket, have fun <laughs> kind of thing. Right, right. right. So um, I, I would say, yeah, as a whole, social media has been really important to my career um, because I'm doing the right things in um, getting myself out there socially, even though I don't really like to. <laughs> like I would just rather sit home all day because I'm peopled out. Um, but I go do the right thing socially. I attend um, charity events. I make sure I, I have an uh, all women's gym that I attend because it's not the kind of gym where people have their earbuds in and they're not looking at you. This this gym, the it's all women only and they talk to each other a lot. Just, it's just natural networking. Um, so I definitely um, make sure that I put any of my social time that kind of wears me out as an introvert. I put it... Um, specifically to things that I know are going to come back to me in a business direction. And then, and I don't talk much about business. They might know who I am because I've been around for a long time, but then they, like I said, they go friend me on Facebook and that's kind of where the conversations tend to come into play. Yeah, no, I, I like that. You, you do a long time ago, I was a big believer in keeping personal and business separate when right. it, when it came to social media. But I like I, I changed my tune on that. But I, I like what you said. You got to blend it. It doesn't have to be hard hitting every single time because we all have those friends that uh, I don't want to offend anyone here, but that just blast you with all the stuff that they're selling constantly, and you start to mute them out, and you you know it's a big turnoff. So I like how you said that to blend some things in. Uh, but you have both, and I, I think that's I think that's very smart. It doesn't have to be this. Um, what I've been telling a lot of people is, yeah, I mean, if you want an elaborate plan, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like if, if that, if that, if that suit fits you, go ahead, but really you don't, you just, you just need to just continue to let everyone know because it's not like you all of a sudden can have some special deal that your phone rings off the hook and you got a hundred new clients. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the current market here. We have, we have a, we have a little bit of time left here. Mm -hmm. Current market is, is different. Um, I, I right now at the time of this recording, it, it's getting much, much better. Um, it seems that, uh, you know, there's more inventory out there, at least in my area. Um, but during this, we'll call it somewhat slower time, even though you're growing, um, was there any like new products that came out that you, that you threw out there or one that really caught your attention? Get ready to be shocked. <laughs> Jumbo. Okay. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, I'm shocked. I, I'm shocked. Yeah. How? How? Okay, so you have to look at who your competition is in any portion of our mortgage share, right? So meaning our different products. Um, and if you look at what your competition is doing in, in the way of Jumbo, what are their limitations? What are their restrictions? So, um, of course, a lot of people will talk about the, the doctor loan. So Chase Bank, for example, on the doctor loan Jumbo product will not loan more than $1 million. Are we restricted in that way? Nope. So even though um, we don't have the same benefits in the way of omitting student loans and things like that, that the doctor loan can do from Chase Bank, if you can lend more, that's really typically gonna be more valuable to them because if they don't have another 
$500,000 to put down on a big expensive home that they're diving into. That's huge. So I definitely lean into that. Um, another big weakness I found in the jumbo market is Bank of America. Um, Bank of America is very conservative with their debt to income ratios. They typically cap it at about 40%. They also don't advise in the best way. Like just this week alone, um, ironically, I got a referral from an agent for a doctor who had been having a really hard time with Bank of America, had promised him a, it was a $1.8 million loan. Um, and then they countered back with 1.1 after they had gotten through underwriting. And I'm going, well, you know, there's probably a reason. Let me take a look for you. They didn't really even try to help him. The doctor is 65. He could have absolutely pulled IRA income. He could have created a trust and gone with trust income. There were about three different strategies that I found where we could get his loan amount back up to what he was desiring. And they just don't try. They just went very cookie cutter, black and white. So it's just important to make sure that jumbo buyers and agents that service those jumbo buyers know that you're going to do a better job because you're the mortgage professional. You're not a banker. You're not someone sitting behind a headset across the country for Chase Bank. You are here. They can walk in and they, they really love that. Not only do um, the jumbo clients love that, but the realtors love that as well because they know that you're going to keep working until you solve a problem. So the jumbo market for us has been huge um, and also newer because I just finally got tired of saying no to jumbos because is my rate worse than Chase and Bank of America? Yeah, but I can get the loan done that they want and they're not wildly off. They're usually half a percent off or maybe a point in feet off. But if I can get the job done, they don't even care. So just keep that in mind. Try to find a way. Uh, I love that. I, I see, but you know, and, and we need to have more conversations like these just because you're right. I mean, like jumbo, I'm always out of the market, but there's those caveats that, you know, that we got to make sure we're aware of and, and, and knowing your area, know your market. So you can sell, you may not be everyone, hey, but a couple here and there is always, always really nice to have. Right. Okay. So with this current market right now, you're in this growth phase and you're, you're doing awesome. And this, this will probably be the last question I ask you because I've taken up too much of your time already, but what's the number one tip you would give to other brokerage shops or LOs to try to bring in more business during these times? Well, here I go on the cheesy side, um, diving into AIM. So in um, 2021 and 2022, I believe, I think the second half of 2021 and first of 2022, I was the chair for the Women's Mortgage Network, um, and that just totally changed my career. I made uh, great relationships with women across the country and AIM members across the country, and I was able to help them with things that they just needed help with because I've been in the business for a couple more years. And just hearing their questions um, and knowing I could help them really gave me an extra confidence boost. And I would say that most would agree, right? As you get older, you get a little more confident and that's not just in your craft, but in yourself, right? But something about being able to help people and stay engaged in those groups really gave me even more confidence when I'm in a situation where maybe I'm competing with another lender in town or another loan officer in town that's retail because I really had my head beat in for being a broker 
for a long time and it, it got to my confidence. But, you know, after being able to powwow with all of these other members and realize that I'm right and I'm, I know my guidelines and, and I know the best way to get things done for a client or for a realtor to help save a deal, it really um, gave me the extra confidence that I need. So I don't feel meek in an appointment because if you feel meek in an in-person appointment, be it with a realtor or a client or any referral partner, you're going to lose. You really have to feel good about what you're saying and you have to know your stuff. So I think that, um, you know, again, all the backup from the, the AIM members and our groups, has, it's just been life-changing for me. And, you know, we refer deals back and forth to each other or bounce ideas off of each other. It, it's just and like, I have group texts that are every day, like, hey, am I crazy? Can I am like this liability? Right? I just, I just need a, a head check on it because a lot of times broker shops tend to be small. So maybe you don't have someone right there and, you know, you might email an underwriter and they'll great, they'll get it back to you, but it's going to be two hours. And sometimes also you feel like the question is, is a stupid question. I'm supposed to be good at VA. Should I really ask about this question? Uh, yeah, you can, because all your weird friends are in your group text with you and they'll answer you right away with no judgment. Right. So that's just so important. I would say if, if you have taken this market and said, you know, I, I have to focus on origination. I don't have time to help in the committees or to get to the events. It's important more even now than before, because you have to go foster those relationships. And not only that, if you think about the new members that finally decided to, you know, dive in and see what this is all about, go show them who you are. Um, this is a great group of professionals that we're all so incredibly lucky to know and to learn from and to just be around. I, without AIM, can honestly say I would probably still be a one-man shop with 50% of my volume, no joke. I, I didn't really have much in the way of operations training. I wasn't really interested in hiring loan officers and all of it is a 180. And I feel like sometimes I'm crazy for doing it, but I'm so happy and fulfilled. And really that's what I would love to see for newer loan officers, new broker owners, anyone feeling afraid of what's going on right now, go dive in to AIM and get to the events and you will never regret it. Wow. Well, thank you for the kind words. Um, and yeah. for the record, everyone, I did not pay her or ask her to say any of that. That was all on her own. And but no, it, it's it's people like you that that make this association what it is, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not always the discount itself. It's not always X, Y, Z. It's sometimes it's just the people. You know what I mean? And you're, you're a perfect, perfect example of this. And a lot, of, a lot of people are out there. I mean, I, I'm so thankful. AIM has changed my life and my business, you know, just talking to people, just legitimately just talking to people. It, it, it's completely changed the way that I do business and I'm, I'm thankful for it. And we're thankful for people like you. And, and I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, of course. It was great to be back. And I hope that helped um, in some small way to any loan officer or team out there that's struggling. And I would also like to say, if anyone ever wants to reach out to me directly, I welcome it. I will always be here to help any loan officer, any broker. So that's, that's the cool thing about yourself. So once again, thanks, Elena. I really, really appreciate it. Brokers, if you want to get caught, caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all the broker to broker podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you can download podcasts. Do me a favor, rate it, leave a review, subscribe to it. It helps us get the word out there that brokers are better and you are definitely one of them, my friend. Thanks for joining us again today. Thank you. Attention brokers, 
Step up to the plate and knock it out of the park at the largest annual gathering of independent mortgage professionals in the country, AIM's sixth annual Fuse National Conference. Katie Sweeney, Matt Ishbia, Renee Rodriguez, Dale Vermillion, and Todd Duncan round out an all-star lineup of mortgage masters. Network with thousands of MVP wholesale mortgage professionals and the industry's top brass lenders and vendors. Gear up your team and your business with electrifying keynote speakers, hands-on summit sessions, major mortgage news, and historic announcements. Get the lowest price of the season and save $200. Get your tickets at aimgroup.com backslash events. That is aimgroup.com backslash events.